everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Are you forgetting what the the podcast is called? <laughs> Who are the hosts? <laughs> oh yeah, we never introduce ourselves, did we? <laughs> like once or twice. Hi, I'm Dimitri. Nice I'm... to meet you. <laughs> Kitan, Kitan, you're falling. Kitan is our cat. <laughs> and she's rolling off the table here. She's and the... onto the keyboard. You I know, it's my fault. I need a bigger table for you to sleep on. So anyways, co-host, who are you? Oh, I'm Lynn. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Hi, Dimitri. Anyway, so today let's talk about a topic that is more adult. Adult. And this is what every adult in their lifetime May or may not face. Uh, no. No, sorry. Take it. No, hold on. Let me reword it. This is a topic that every adult in their lifetime will probably face it at least once. I think. Asterix, maybe. Maybe. I think. <laughs> so, so, drum roll. <laughs> the question is, how do mortgages work? Okay. That, that's a very adult thing to do. need to know. Uh-huh. I don't know if every adult in this day and age will need to deal with it. But Let, let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. Hoping that everyone can be in debt. Yay. <laughs> no, that everyone can can be happy. Kitan, can you please stop? So let, let's start with what a mortgage is. Um, it's debt until you die. That's... Kind of what the etymology means. Um, basically, it's a it's a loan for a piece of property uh, that you will pay off over a long period of time, hopefully with low interest rates, uh, that will allow you to build up equity in a way that most loans don't allow you to do. So, for instance, if you get a car loan, your car does not increase in value over time. In fact, it goes down in value fairly quickly. Um, so you can never really come out ahead of your loan other than just paying for it mm -hmm. but a mortgage is special um, and it's treated specially because uh, it is usually placed against the property itself meaning if you can't pay it they take the property back um, and it has the benefit that uh, the property increases in value over time so you can often sell your property at a profit um, and like without needing to pay off your loan first um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted by our cat. She, she's... Being oh, very cute. She's being very cute, but I'm worried that she's going to hurt herself. That's okay. She's a cat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they they twist and turn in unique ways. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the process of getting a mortgage. Sure. So it's usually a large sum of money, like much more than... You will, if this is your first mortgage, it's much more than you will have ever dealt with before. Um, no, I think it depends on where you live. We live in California, so it's a large amount of money. But if you live in, like, I don't know, somewhere that is not California <laughs> or New York or, uh... All the expensive places. All the expensive states, then it's probably not that much. Okay. I think. Wise words from Lynn. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, so, uh, to, to get a, a mortgage, you typically talk with a, a bank first, 
um, and ask them about their rates and ask them if you are qualified to get a mortgage. So they don't want just anyone getting a mortgage, right? They want to make sure that you will be able to pay that money back over a long period of time, usually around 30 years. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure to get a good rate because over 30 years, any interest that you uh, accumulate uh, really does accumulate perhaps way more than the original amount that you're borrowing. Yeah. Um, so you want to be very careful about um, what kind of mortgage you're signing and uh, that you are not getting a very short end of a stick because you're going to be stuck with it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So do be careful uh, that you're not getting stuck in a mortgage where the interest compounds, for instance. You always want the interest to be kept separately uh, from the main loan. Uh, you want to make sure that there are provisions in place should you be unable to pay your loan. Like, what if you get fired? What if you get disabled? Uh, what if something happens and you can't pay for it anymore? You don't want to just lose your home. You want to you wanna be okay even in those situations. So... Uh, be very careful who you're getting a loan with. Don't yeah. don't just go to the smallest bank that gives you the best offer. Do do shop around and do make sure that whoever you're borrowing from has some um, has been around in the financial industry for a long yeah, time. Yeah, has some I mean, skin in the game, right? Yeah, like you you wanna you probably would want a bank that has been around for a long time and it's a big name brand, bank. Mm-hmm. You know because. You know, kind of like our student loans got sold so many times to, like, third parties, like, loans Mm -hmm. lender and whatever, to the point where, like, you don't know who will own your loans. And at that point, it could be pretty sketchy and, like... Yeah, you don't want that to happen with your house. And a headache to have to deal with because then you're chasing after whoever owns your loans and who knows in the transitions of, like, your loans being sold from one bank to another bank, whether the money that you've been making all this time has even even been continuing that that payment Mm -hmm. or have they just been putting you on pause and you not even knowing that yeah you know because when you're on pause and you're thinking that you're paying this you're not paying interest all the time exactly and then by the time that the new bank comes along and say hey you owe us this much then at that point you can't really argue anything because you now are in much more debt because the interest like accumulated you know Mm -hmm. so always go with a big bank Mm mm-hmm um, so in the process of getting your loan, you're going to probably do something called getting pre-qualified. Uh, and basically, this is the bank taking a look at uh, your existing assets, how much cash flow you have, uh, and making sure you're able to pay for a loan of a given amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to ask for as much as you need, because if you get pre-qualified for X and the house costs X plus 10, you're not that pre-qualification isn't going to mean anything. Yeah, um, you restart the process. Yeah, so you you want you want uh more than what you'll need, but you always want an amount that you'll be able to actually pay. Like don't ever ask for more than you'll be able to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh because that's just going to be a miserable 30 years from that point forward. Yeah. Like don't don't get a loan assuming that you're going to get more money in the future because that might never happen. Um so it's it's better to be comfortable uh and hap- like knowing that you're safe then like of course you can't ever be safe like there's always yeah anything you really can never happen. know i mean covid happened and then a lot of people are in a lot of trouble yeah you because know? all of a sudden there's no yeah. work and you can't pay for stuff and like you really don't mm-hmm. know what's gonna happen yeah so 
be very careful when you are going into this process that there are reasonable ways that you can get out of the worst situation. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's that's the best that you can hope for. Um, so in any case, you get pre-qualified. They tell you you're okay for a house of this amount of money. Um, and you need to go do several things to actually go purchase the house. And maybe we'll discuss that in a future episode. Uh, but for the loan itself, there are several things you need to consider. There are closing costs on the loans part, like has nothing to do with the actual home purchase. Yeah. And this is a general term that includes all the fees that are necessary uh, to one, register the loan, like do the title and things like that, uh, do the application fee for the bank. Uh, that's included. Uh, purchase any points, and we'll get into those. You would think that, like, you... Borrowing money is a bar free transaction. No, you would think that, like, you borrowing so much money with, like, a, a set interest that, like, they can just waive the freaking application fee, no? No, that's... But, that's, but it's ridiculous. That's how they get paid. <laughs> I, yeah, but they should get paid, like, as a, a salary and then not have people need to worry about making more money. In any case, we're not banks, so we don't know how they actually run. Um, but just, all just of, annoyed. All those <laughs> all those fees are are bundled into a thing called closing costs. And when you're purchasing a house, there's other things bundled into the quote unquote thing called closing costs. Uh, so be prepared for that to be just a huge amount yeah. of money. But like as we learned when we refinanced our home, uh, like even refinancing, getting a new loan. There's closing costs involved, so yeah, that's pretty just much part every new loan mm -hmm. requires a c closing costs. Yeah, now there are some cases where you can bundle those closing costs in with the amount that you're borrowing, in which case it will be quote unquote free. But you're just moving that application fee into something that will accumulate interest, if that makes any sense. So be careful about taking those options. Um, if you if they do come your way or if you have a really good bank and that they value you as a as a customer then they might waive the closing costs mm -hmm. at least part of it when it when it comes to like application fees processing fees and stuff they could waive that mm -hmm. yeah like when we originally bought our house we they told us that you can take um a uh a program that will go ahead and teach you about the the pros and cons of home ownership. Yeah. And by doing that program, it takes like an hour on the internet. No, it was not an hour. Are you kidding me? It was like half a day's worth of information that I had to do. Okay. So from my point of view, it was an hour. Because <laughs> you didn't do it. Exactly. I was the one that did it. Exactly. Uh, but any case, um, you can go ahead and do that. It costs like 50 bucks, but you waive the $500 application fee. Yeah. So definitely ask your bank to kind of get a good idea of like what kind of options are available to you there to kind of save money um, as much as you can. Now, uh, the last thing that they're going to ask for, and this is an important one, is down payment. Um, now, down payment is traditionally 20% of the purchase of your house. Um, but for a lot of people, that's like an impossible amount. Like yeah. if, if they had that amount of money, they wouldn't be uh, worrying about their first home purchase at all. Um, so much less is typically necessary for first-time home buyers um it depends on your bank yeah again it depends on your bank it depends on your financial situation yeah oftentimes if you're low income you have much better deals uh with regards to this but if you're low income then you can't afford 
the loan anyways. So like it's there's a lot of pros and cons depending on where you live. So do mm-hmm. do check uh, with your bank. So by nature of what they're doing, they need to answer any question that you have. So do like take advantage of that to ask any and all questions that you might have. Uh, but uh, do know that if you cannot um, come up with 20%, which is separate from all the other closing costs, this is 20% of the amount that you're borrowing uh, to showing good faith to the bank that you are willing to deal with this amount of money, basically. Um, if you cannot come up with 20%, you're going to end up with something called mortgage insurance. And this is insurance that you have to pay for the bank's benefit. Like you do not benefit from this insurance. You're paying it for the bank, uh, to reassure the bank that if you cannot make your monthly payments, uh, that insurance is going to cover it and they will be able to, uh, not come out at a loss for having sold you or given you that amount of money. Mm-hmm. You do not get the home if you can't pay, make payments. So it's not to your benefit. Um, I do want to stress that. So it is an amount of money that you'll never recuperate. Uh, that's kind of separate. Um, so if you do end up with PMI, which is for mortgage insurance. For mortgage insurance. It starts with a P. Um, if you do end up with PMI, uh, usually after a minimum of two years or... Um, 80% of your... Yeah, after you pay up to 20% of yeah. uh, of your loan, so including your original down payment, um, compared to the value of your house, and that's the important bit, then you can waive the PMI um, at that moment in time. So make sure with your bank ahead of time that you can at any moment in time waive the PMI. It's not something that you're contractually stuck for for much more than you need, um, those would be good things to check. This is also something that you have to keep track of. Once you've reached that 20%, it's up to it's your responsibility to tell the bank to take it off or else they will just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also something that as your house rises in value, you can go ahead and if you choose to refinance, um, your house will be reassessed as far as like what its value is. So you may have ended up, quote unquote, like covering, like ending, owing less than 80% of your home's value. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that comes to term, then you can also waive the PMI at that point. Much earlier, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you are thinking of refinancing, like, and you do have PMI, try to find a point in time where you can actually take advantage of that because that's a good way to save a few hundred dollars and if you're smart about it you can continue putting those few hundred dollars into your mortgage like into your monthly payments and you'll end up paying your loan off much sooner as a result of those extra payments so you end up paying the same thing that you were paying before but you are no longer on the hook for 30 years yeah the the mistake that a lot of people would do after refinancing is that oh now that their monthly payment is less they see that as a, okay, I'm going to spend that now extra $200 on like buying other things that is not important, you mm-hmm. know, when they should, what they should be doing is refinancing so that the, the, the interest rate is less, but still continue to make the same monthly payment as you did before the refinancing. Mm-hmm. That way, whatever that extra amount is, 
goes towards the principal without the interest part and then you end up paying more of the principal off and then mm-hmm. as a as the principal gets recalculated with the interest every month it gets less and less yeah so know? the interest is actually calculated on month to month basis which means that if all of a sudden your principal is $10,000 less your interest is going to shrink proportionally by that amount yeah um so like as your mo- loan goes like longer and longer say you're at year 29 of your 30-year loan your interest is negligible compared to the amount that you're still paying monthly um and you're mostly paying into the premium at that point but at the beginning of your loan most of your money is going to be going into that interest like say you owe four thousand dollars a month on your house we live in california terrifying number um two thousand of that is going to be interest yeah. And only a thousand of that is going to be your principal, which is the am- the amount that you actually borrowed. And then another thousand of that is going to be property insurance and um, not property insurance, property tax and homeowners insurance yeah. um, and PMI if you still have it. Um, so one thousand is going to, is chipping away at how much you owe. And which 2000 is, is just a gift to the bank for them having given you that amount of money to begin with. So if you can be putting any extra amount on a monthly basis or on a yearly basis, um, that's going to come to your benefit because you won't have the loan for as long as the bank gave it to you originally. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it doesn't work the other way around. If you give less money, it's not like it's going to become a 32-year loan. The bank is going to start getting mad at you yeah. um, and uh, threaten you with foreclosure, um, which is something that you don't want to get into. Uh, so make sure that at the base amount, that monthly payment is something that you can always make no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that is a peace of mind that can, that can reassure you like no matter what, that you'll still have the house that you have 10, 20 years in because it's hard to plan 30 years into the future. Right. Yeah. Um, so you went through the whole process. You have your closing costs. You have your down payment. Uh, the bank gives you a large sum of money and you immediately use it to buy a house um, or whatnot. Um, usually you have a month of leeway before you need to make your first monthly payment. Uh, and the reason you have a month's worth of leeway is because part of the closing cost was paying first month's worth of uh, interest. Uh, and that's a big chunk of it. Other parts of the closing costs are paying property tax up front, paying homeowner's insurance up front, like typically the lender is going to take care of all those things because they want to make sure you don't want you don't get behind on any of those because you getting behind on any of those impacts their ability to like um repossess the house, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um or uh for example, they really want you to have homeowner's insurance because if your house burns down, they want to be able to still have something to collect yeah. at the end of that should you stop making payments at that moment in time. Like, that's the worst case for them. Your house burns down, you say, I can't make payments anymore, and the bank has nothing to recollect at that point. Um, so they want to make sure that you can't get in that situation, which is why they force you to have homeowner's insurance. They force you to pay the property taxes through them um, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes time to making your payments. So as I, as I mentioned, paying your mortgage is more than just the amount that you originally owed. That's called the principal. You're also paying your interest, um, which nowadays is around like 4% of, uh, what you pay in one year, uh, divided by 12. 
I think it's something along those lines. Uh, and then you also have your uh, property tax, uh, which depending on where you live is like 1% of, of your property value per year, um, paid twice a year, I think. Uh, and uh, you also have your homeowner's insurance, which you typically pay once per uh, year as a lump sum. But again, the bank is paying those amounts for you. So they're going to split up that one-time payment for the homeowner's insurance uh, into 12 payments. They're going to split up the property tax into 12 payments. And that's going to be the monthly amount that they tell you you owe us, basically. Um, and as Lynn said, you want to make sure that uh, if you have any extra money, you can go ahead and pay it towards the principal. Like They are unable to prevent you from doing that, assuming you have a fair loan. Um, it's just anything is possible. Uh, but assuming you have a fair loan, you can go ahead and pay off uh, the loan early. Um, and depending on your loan, that can either save you when you can't make a payment uh, because you're paid off early, or it just decreases the lifetime of the loan. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it no longer lasts as long, um, long term. Yeah, I mean, if you have extra money and that you're you are able to put in towards the the principal, do it. The bank's not going to stop you because they don't want your house in the end. They just want their money back. Yeah, they don't want to deal with that headache. Yeah. So. Uh, and a benefit, a huge, huge benefit, um, is if you are paying your house off early, you save a ton of money. Um, so most of the money, as I said, is going towards the interest, especially for large loans, um, where you your house might be worth five hundred thousand, but you're going to end up paying seven hundred thousand in interest over thirty years, mm -hmm. um, and you want to avoid that at all, like at all costs. So if you can. If you suddenly have a lot of funds to be able to spend uh, towards paying off your house early, then you can save more than half of that interest in the long run by just paying your house off early. Um, so I highly recommend you look into that, especially if uh, you want to live in your house long term, right? I know a lot of people, they see like homeownership as a uh as an investment and they are ready to kind of flip their house after a few years and then go live somewhere else and keep on doing that um always be prepared to be stuck in whichever house you end up buying yeah um don't count on being able to lease it out uh, lease or... it out or uh rent it out or to resell it even like disaster might strike and that might become impossible yeah um so if you can do that, great. But don't bet on that being the only path forward. Right. Like, don't buy a house thinking that you can make money off of it. That should not be your priority in why you're buying a house. Buy a house. Especially if it's your first house. If it's your yeah. seventh house, then you do. You seem to know what you're doing. Um, so I did mention something called points earlier. And I think it's worth discussing a tiny bit. Uh, so a point... Uh, is one is a percentage of your interest rate. Mm -hmm. um, so you can quote unquote buy points um, in zero point twenty five point increments. Yeah, that's it's it's a bit silly, uh, but you can buy points to decrease the interest rate that your loan will have. So, for instance, if your house costs five hundred thousand um, dollars and you want to decrease the interest rate from four percent to 3.75%, you can spend 1% of your house's, of your loan's value, so $5,000, uh, 
Um, and if you go ahead and spend that while you're closing, um, while you're closing your loan, so you give the bank an extra $5,000, it's not down payment, it's intended for points, uh, then they will decrease your interest rate from 4 to 3.75. Mm-hmm. You can do this for quite a few points. You can decrease it from 4 to 3.75 to 3.5, 3.25 to 3. They said that uh, there is no limit on how many points you can buy, but most often it's capped at 4 points, mm-hmm. meaning one whole percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it really depends on your lender, how much they're going to be mm-hmm. willing to do this because yeah. they're going to be making less money long term yeah. for your small contribution uh, short term. Um, and this might not make sense if you plan on paying off the house really quickly. Yeah. So do do the back of the envelope math to see the different situations. If you spend this amount up front and you continue making these payments over 30 years versus if you don't spend that amount up front. And you make those uh, payments, like, usually what I like to do is the amount that you would have put towards a point, if you go ahead and put that towards the principal in the first month, how much of a difference are you going to get out of those two scenarios? And that's going to tell you if you have that amount of money, it's better to put it towards the points versus towards the principal yeah. immediately. Right, because you're doing, you're decreasing their, your total principal, but you're still at a very high percentage. Yeah. Versus decre- keeping the same principal, but decreasing the the interest rate. I mean, there's a b- bigger benefit, though. Mm-hmm. But I think it also depends on how much you owe. Yeah, how much you owe and how long you intend to pay, Yeah, basically. So um, it also changes if you intend to sell your house, if this is a short-term... Uh, purchase and you plan to sell to move to a different city or whatnot uh, you might be losing the amount of money that you're investing early through the points Mm -hmm. Um, so do calculate all those different scenarios to see if it's right for you Um, but you can generally end up saving a lot of money uh, this way if you do plan for it ahead of time yeah Um, and I guess the last thing I should mention is like the refinance process so what a refinance is is you basically get a brand new loan to pay off your old loan, but your brand new loan hopefully has better terms. Um, usually it has a better interest rate because interest rates tend to go down over time or at least have done so up until now. Um, and as a result of a better interest rate, you end up with a lower monthly uh, payment. However, that's for a new 30-year loan. Yeah. Like always remember, you're comparing your, I have 20 years left monthly payment to a brand new 30-year loan monthly payment. It, it depends on uh, what kind, what what the new contract is. You might not sign up for a new a new thirty year loan. You might get you a might, new twenty year. No, you might get a new fifteen years. Which then, sure, you're paying a little bit extra, but then you shorten it up by five years. Mm-hmm. Like there's also that in play. Like of course, it all depends on on your bank and your financial situations. I mean, most often people who refinance, it's not because they have extra money that they want to pay off their house earlier. That's rarely the case. People refinance is because they can barely keep up with their monthly payment. Mm-hmm. That's why they're refinancing. Yeah. You know. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so do think about like in what ways that you're saving and be aware that you might be paying more money long term. Yeah. Like the idea of a refinance may lower your monthly payment, but for a longer period of time, in which case you're not saving any money. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just getting a brand new loan that seems like it's cheaper. 
you're just delaying it Mm -hmm. i mean pretty much but but like like i said it all depends on everyone's financial situation not a lot of people are you know fortunate enough to be able to refinance just so they can pay off earlier it's always the other way around Mm -hmm. um which brings us to the last kind of mortgage and i forget what these are called actually uh but basically if you're old and you paid off your house or paid off most of your house you can get something called a reverse mortgage. That's what it's called. Oh. <laughs> um, and what a reverse mortgage is, is basically instead of the bank giving you a loan, you're giving a loan to yourself to the bank. Oh. So you are loaning out your house's value as an asset to the bank and the bank is paying you little by little for that. Why? So what do you mean why? Why would the bank want money from you? They they Because generally speaking, they will give you a little bit of money up until you die and then they get the house. I don't understand. Can you <laughs> re-explain that? Okay, so basically, uh instead of the bank giving you money f- uh instead of the bank giving you a loan for your house. This is this is you already paid off your house yes. or you're or an you old still per- old money on the house. You're an old person. Okay? Uh, and you with no kins no kin you don't work anymore uh and you still need food so you're just by yourself yeah and you have this house that it's already paid off basically and you want some money so that way you can live the rest of your life oh so then you're 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 essentially selling back your house little by little to, to the, the bank, bank just so you can have money to keep you alive until you died and then the bank takes your whole house Basically. Whether there's money left or not. In most cases, yes. There's always, yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know. So they are basically buying back your house little by little. Um, and because of that, that gives you like cash flow back in your direction. So, yeah, money to live off of. Yeah, so you spent your whole life paying off your house or a fraction of your life paying off your house. And now hopefully your house is worth a lot more and the bank can slowly buy it back from you uh, and give you that money that you invested into it basically oh i didn't know that. now this doesn't work as nicely in terms of interest and stuff like you'd never get a better deal than the bank uh gets with you um but it is a it is an option when again you don't have mexican to inherit the house or you don't want them to for whatever reason uh this is an option for you uh or maybe they don't want it like who knows there's all sorts of different situations out there any any kid who does not there want their parents house and would rather just give it to the bank needs to do some thinking (laughs) they need to listen to our podcast where they learn about mortgages because whether you want to live in that house or not you can sell it once your parents are dead like Mm -hmm. don't just give it out freely yeah yeah um so that is an option uh i believe if you set it up properly your next of kin can buy back the house from the bank Mm. or buy back the difference um so there are all sorts of different configurations that are possible with this um but that is something that's available I learned something new. All about mortgages. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now go out there and be careful when you buy a house. (laughs) Good advice. (laughs) This has been Dimitri. It is Lynn. Bye. (laughs) Bye.